it's time to take ourselves and place us back into the far-flung past of 2008. I was fresh out of high school, starting college Uh, for the first time. I was in my second year of college. I was working at GameStop. A woefully inadequate 18-year-old. I mean, I'm still woefully inadequate <laughs> person. I'm 31, so let's let's let's, let's remember the, the 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 times back then. You know, everything mm-hmm. seems so much brighter. We had. Uh, I was younger. Hope, hope and change, and now we have this. I'm depressed now. I don't know that we should even do this podcast. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yep. Um, anyway, 2008 was a better time. And it was also a time when the game we are talking about today came out. Yeah, it's true. So, hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Al and Ladium. Hello. And uh, we're, we're traveling back to 2008. Mm-hmm. To talk about this video game, which just got a re-release in the year of our Lord Chica, twenty nineteen. Our Lord Chica. <laughs> uh, Almost ten years after the fact, ten and a half ish. Yeah, uh, we're talking about Tales of Vesperia, mm-hmm. a game that is. You know, in, in retrospect, it's it's a strange game in the essence that it was initially an Xbox 360 exclusive JRPG. Yeah, in there the, were very few of those. Yeah, in the time when, like, you look back at, at when this came out, it would be like, what, this, uh, Lost Odyssey, Blue um, Dragon. Eternal Sonata. Did that come out it on 360? Yeah, it was well, a 360 exclusive and then came out on PS3 later. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like, obviously, you know, the torrid history of the 360 and Microsoft in general in Japan means that, you know, a lot of stuff like this didn't didn't happen. A lot There's not a lot of Japanese exclusive made games for the 360. Uh, obviously, this came out later, a year later on the PS3 uh, with its own definitive edition. But that never came out over here. So, us... Right. Us over here only got the 360 version as well as Europe, so that was all we uh, I also just want to say, though, that like three of the four exclusive games were freaking phenomenal, though. Yeah, no just one really saying. likes Lost Odyssey. E. <laughs> Except us when we did an episode about it. Fight me! <laughs> Love that game. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is, too. Yes. I feel like we have to start off this episode by talking about one of the first things you see when you you boot this game up, and that is the opening, which I'm going mm-hmm. to... This, this is going to be such a hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Uh, top five best JRPG openings. This is included. It is or it is not? This is. Maybe, it, okay. maybe if we're talking like of the past... 10 15 years so like we're not stepping on any toes because that's a <laughs> wide variety but like i'd say in the past 10 15 years this is top five 
Like you'd put this P three P four Xanadu, and then something else. Oh, Xanadu's. There, there are some RPGs, JRPGs that like the opening gets me super hyped. This is one of them. Yes. Um, it, it's it's kind of like at the same level of like what Final Fantasy VIII's opening did for me. Like the first time I ever saw that, I was just like, "Yes, let's do this." <laughs> and like it was the same way here. I, and it's a good way to start it. Like, holy yeah. crap, man. It's incredible. Um, I remember hearing it a lot because I would just let the game loop when I was like uh, <laughs> finishing up recording videos of it. So I heard it mm -hmm. I heard it a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. But like it never diminished like the, the goodness of it, so also like the uh they never use it in the actual game. They just use it for the opening, mm -hmm. but like the instrumental version they use throughout like the latter half of the game is so good. So good. Um, so when you first played this game, mm -hmm. you you did like a let's play, right? I did, yeah. Because I I bought the game for my 360 and just never went, got around to playing it. So I was like, well, I'll just do it for YouTube because that would be a way to me for me to actually get to play it and actually get around to playing it. So that's what I did. I it was one of the one of the first games I did for for YouTube, which going um, uh, going back and uh, <laughs> like watching some of those videos, it's like who who who. Uh, it's 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 also weird because like you can definitely tell there's a a distinct like bump up in quality by the end of it. Like so like the first the first episodes are really strange in general because I vividly remember this is like uh, I had a better setup than what I had previously, which was just like using a I was like oh well use a webcam and all this and use the webcam like oh. not great not great yeah. uh no. by this point I had upgraded to like a lavalier mic which was okay but like not great because like it would pick up a lot of like outside sounds and all that um mm -hmm. but when I went to record the first like the first time which was like an hour and a half of footage and that would be cut up into like six parts uh for whatever reason, my capture hardware just decided not to record my commentary audio, so I had to re-record the commentary audio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah, that was a. It, it's that's one of those things that happens, and it happened specifically on that. So, like, I always remember that as like that's the that's the beginning of my Vesperia run is playing it and then be like, well, <laughs> I gotta re-record this. And it's super weird because I'm I'm talking over stuff that's already happened, and I can't replicate any of it. So, so that was a thing. So you did this in 2014, you said. Yeah. That was that was the first time you played it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess for listener context, you played it first in 2014. Yes. I played it in 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, you have beat the re-release. Mm-hmm. And I have not beat the re-release. <laughs> True. Uh, because, ugh. Um, it's a great game. It's a long game. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, like, my, my final hour count was, like, at 30. So, like, not okay. not terrible, but, like, also still, like, you know, it's a JRPG, so. But also, mm -hmm. it's helped that, like, you know, you get items and DLC items off the bat that, like, can just bump you up to level 50. So yeah. you can just like well, cruise through three quarters of that game, yeah. Um, so yeah, like uh, this is the definitive edition, 
that just recently recently came out includes like all the DLC that the uh, the PS3 port had, and then all that's like included free, and then there's some some downloadable stuff you can get as well. But like all of it's free and included and everything. Uh, we should talk about a little bit about the what's included in the the new stuff that was like included in the PS3 version. Uh, yeah. Which that version came out basically a year after the fact. Mm-hmm. So probably just Microsoft had like a year long exclusivity deal. Um, the P- it was kind of the same with like Eternal Sonata. They like had 360 and then it came out on the PS3 later with extra content. Right. Uh, the PS3 apparently has full voice acting, which oh, the 360 wow. didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, is also like double the size of the script of the original 360 version. Uh, you get new characters that you can play as. Flynn comes in. You can customize them and all that. Uh, and then they added a new character <laughs> by the name of Patty. She's a little mm-hmm. young girl. She's a pirate. Pirate. She's real cool. Um, apparently, they tie in some characters from the, the, the anime they did. Mm-hmm. Which I still haven't seen, so I couldn't tell you. Same. Uh, you can, you can, I think you can, like, basically pick anyone to be, like, your on-screen avatar from, from your party. So, like, you can pick repeat if you want, so you can just run around as a dog. Oh, my God. It's real good. Uh, and there's just, like, a bunch of new mini-games, some new sub subplots, skits, main game quests, obviously in side quests. Uh, there's new songs. Uh, towns have been remodeled. There's new towns and dungeons and new bosses. And then they added some new stuff to the gameplay, like making new over-limit levels and all that sort of stuff, new mystic arts, all that jazz. Uh, and then there's just a bunch of, like, new uh, costumes as well that they they put out along with as, as, like, DLC and then, like, included in the game. So, like, there's some that are like, oh, well, here's a throwback to a previous Tales of game, which, yeah, of course you're going to do that. And then just some other, like, random kind of, like, sets they have. Like, there's a school set, which is which is really good. Uh, <laughs> and then repeat. With the super bun. Yeah, Yuri gets a, a, a good man bun 10 years before the, the trend was actually a thing. Uh, repeat is just Jotaro. Jotaro! Literally just Jotaro. <laughs> Jotaro. Like, the hat's the same, the outfit's the same. Literally, he's just Jotaro. And that is, like, the greatest thing I've ever seen. And there's like little like all I needed in life was a dog dressed as Joe Turtle. <laughs> That's true, and like they had like little like kind of like a story attached to like each costume. So it's like you know yeah. uh, Yuri and Estelle and Rita all go to the the same school. <laughs> Carol goes to the rival school. <laughs> Patty is like the 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 head of the school's like granddaughter, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> uh, Judith and Raven are like teachers. Mm-hmm. So it's all real good. Uh, I I joked that uh, that Carol is just Koichi. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> great. Um, yeah, I, I think um, Raven is like the science teacher. I think that's right. He's like the the weird science teacher, right. basically, which fitting. But and then like Flynn's the student council president. <laughs> <laughs> also fitting. Uh, but the weird one is like the costumes that pay homage to previous Bandai or Namco games. Yes. So like. Yes. There's a costume for Patty where she becomes Mr. Driller. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat becomes the 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 family stadium mascot. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, Al can get Cosmos because Judy dresses up as Cosmos. I'm so mad. I, t- I told you this, but like there was a there was a point in time where I was really debating like, 
what if I just take a picture of this costume and send it to you and go, hey, I got Cosmos. But you would, I would have. <laughs> I would have fought you. You would have like drove up here and whooped my ass. And drove back down and been here for work. Uh, Definitely would have. <laughs> There's a costume for Carol where he becomes Klonoa. Which I think was the one I was like, dude, what the f***? There's a Klonoa costume? Yeah. Uh, Estelle becomes Valkyrie from The Legend of Valkyrie. Uh, Rita becomes Haruka from The Idol Master. Which is a costume, which I guess I understand why some of these costumes didn't come out over here. Because, like, at the time, like, the Idolmaster games hadn't come out over here. Mm-hmm. So, like, no one would know what that is. Uh, Raven becomes Kazuya from Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> and Yuri becomes Mr. Rugi from Soul Calibur. But! And? The main the event! The best one! <laughs> which is, like, the most, like... So... Obviously, they they make Flynn play, a playable character in this, so he gets a bunch of costumes as well. And when mm-hmm. I finally got around to getting him and seeing like what his costumes is, I was like, oh, I wonder what his uh, specific costume is going to be. And then I went down to it, and it was titled Dreaming Pianist. And I was like, huh. And then I looked at it, and I was like, I literally looked at it and just like stared aghast at the screen and just literally yelled out, holy shit. <laughs> for more context for listeners uh i am a huge fan of a little game that we've already talked about once on this uh eternal sonata mm-hmm. where you play in a jrpg as a very very pretty anime version of frederick chopin yep um I've been getting. I've been trying to get Jared to play this for ages. I have um, it. It's right there. I sent it to you even because I was like, "You're gonna play this game." I'm gonna get around to um, it. So you sent me the screenshot of this uh, because Flynn is dressed as Chopin, <laughs> and it's great. Amazing. It's so good. Like, I understand that, like, obviously these are all ties back into, like, games that were coming out around 2008, 2009. But, like, holy f***, there's a game in 2019 that is referencing Eternal Sonata. Yeah. Like, what the Which is a 2007 game. Um, I am pleased because the more that that game gets recognition, the happier I am. File that under things I was not expecting to, to see. In this, in this yeah, year. I mean, I, you were like legitimately surprised. Uh, yeah, absolutely, I could tell, tell the way you were texting me that like you were shocked. I literally did not expect that in the slightest. I mean, I didn't either, but I'm super happy. I had to, I had to get up and look at like my the the case to be like, <laughs> did they make this? Is this legitimately what I'm thinking it is? <laughs> Sure enough. Yep. Uh, I hope he never was out of that outfit. Well. Well, besides the fact that they pop him out of it, but like. Which is the worst. Yeah, that's sucky. I wish that you could have him just that way the entire game. Uh, I started him out as the student council president, but like when I got him back, I put him in the the Chopin outfit for the rest of the game. Okay. Okay. That's acceptable. (laughs) So it's like, here's all these school kids, and then just weird dude. I mean, it's kind of what the game's like, honestly. You're, you're not wrong. 
They just need everyone just needs to do like the weird arm thing. He, yeah, he should be doing the weird arm up. thing when he's in that costume. <laughs> 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 uh. Wow, it was really really great. Between that and the Jotaro costume, it's like this is wonderful. That and the man bun. That man bun is a good. good look. Yeah. So that's Tales of Vesperia. All right, later. Yeah, that's all we need to talk about. Yep. Costumes. <laughs> we just need to talk about Eternal Sonata for a hot second. Oh, God, I love Eternal Sonata so much. I love that game. <laughs> I guess if there is one thing we do have to talk about and that uh, coincides with it being the definitive edition. Okay. And that is the voice actor situation. Yes, that's not great. So, for the most part, it seems they got everyone back for, like, the newer for stuff. For the most part. For the most part. Um, I can't confirm nor deny because I haven't seen, like, actual, like, new credits and to see, like... Well, I mean, I've seen credits, but I didn't, like, see if there's, like, voice credits and if they did anything about that. Um, mm -hmm. But for the most part, it sounds like everyone is their character or at least they got, like, a really good sound to like. Mm -hmm. For the most part. Now... Yeah. With what notable exception? Now, of course, what we we're going to talk about is can be kind of classified as like he said, she said, because we're getting only yeah. we've only got one side of the story, correct, and not the other side. Uh, so obviously, with there being new stuff in there, they had to bring back the cast to voice some of this new some of these new lines, and then obviously Patty got her own character, so she's voiced as well. Um, according to Troy Baker, the original voice of Yuri. He found out that these the new lines happened on Twitter and was never told by Bandai Namco about the game or they never apparently reached out to him to to voice those lines. Mm -hmm. Which according I, to him. According to him. Allegedly. Which I can I could almost I could like understand on their part like do you think he would have the time or be available or they could pay him? Can they afford can him? Can they afford him? Now, he's gone on record and said, like, he loves those old JRPG roles because, like, they got him into the business. So, like, they have a special place in his heart for him. But, again, this is all just one-sided story. We can't confirm or deny if they, if they ever did reach out to him and, like, maybe his management just never passed the word on or they just flat out denied immediately or anything like that. So, but right. he is not in this game. Well, right. for, the well new, for the new stuff. He is in this game, but not for the stuff. new stuff. They got, um the dude who does uh, Shinji from P3 to do it. And apparently, mm -hmm. I read this, I, I didn't like, I guess look to confirm it, but allegedly they tried to get Matt Mercer to, to do it, and he was like, no, I don't want to be a Troy Baker sound alike for the rest of my career. Yeah, I mean, do you really blame him, though? No, of course not. I mean, like, that's how he really got, like, a big start, but he doesn't want to do that for the rest of his life. And he's branched out on his own now, I think, so, like, yeah, he doesn't definitely. need to do I mean, that. He, he doesn't. And like I I get why they would do that because it makes sense. He does he can pull off sounding like him. Mm -hmm. But I understand like Matt Mercer has definitely done way more than just be a sound alike at this point. And like it, it's I I don't want to say kind of insulting to him as a voice actor. But I mean it kind of is, you know, yeah. It, it kind of is because like he's he's super talented. And it can do a lot of different stuff. And, like, to be like, well, you know, like, eh, I mean, he's his own voice actor. 
Right. He's not Troy Baker. He's Matt Murray. But um, it's it. I can understand that being frustrating on his part. Uh, so it's kind of like a cruddy situation because we don't know like the actual details of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that like Troy Baker didn't come back. And like you said, it may have been a situation where like they reached out to his management. His manager was like, nah, man, like that's not happening. Whereas like if they had talked to Troy himself, he would be like, yes, let me do it. Um, but you know, business is weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like they know, and we both know if they had gone to him and there had not been some kind of like weird discount, there's no way they could have afforded Troy Baker at this level. Now there's no way they could have afforded, like been able to pay him what he goes for mm-hmm. because like, they're still not like. They they can't pay those rates, right? I mean, he's an expensive guy. He is. He's he's moved on from where he was in two thousand eight to like the top tier of video game voice actors, right? So, but like we said, this is all this is all allegedly. So we can't confirm nor deny any of this. Um, I can't say like the the new stuff where they got um, I forget his name. Let me. Look it up real quick. Uh, but the new stuff they got uh, where Yuri actually speaks, it's, it's fine. Nothing wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not bad. It's just Obviously, it's different. But yeah, it is clearly not Troy Baker. But, uh, that is... but like, he does a really good job of like what he does. I know that a lot of people were real, real mad about it, though. Like, a lot of people were very mad about it on the internet. But, like, what's new? People being mad on the internet? What? <laughs> what? Who could have guessed? So, yeah, it's 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 a butt situation. It's just one of those things where, like you said, I think just business is business in it. Capitalism. Can really make things real cruddy. terms of this uh grant george is the dude who replaces yeah i just found that i was trying to help you out and then uh um, so he doesn't really replace him he just supplements him he's he's the substitute in yeah he's he's the the newbie in the the scenes but yeah i mean it's it's fine Mm -hmm. um like it's it's a little bit weird the first time that you hear it because you're like oh that's a different voice actor but then otherwise you're like oh it still yeah. sounds fine this is cool like maybe the only problem I have with it is that like some of the lines sound like they were voiced in like a tunnel or not in a tunnel but like <laughs> just like the 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 mix on them is kind of funky yeah and that's potentially like um, a lot of voice actors do their voice work from home and then send it off Mm -hmm. and so it's potentially just some kind of like weird thing with that right um so anyway and then uh patty the new character is voiced by sandy fox who who does uh, chibi usa and the viz sailor moon dub so she's great yeah it just sounds like it just seems like it's chibi usa as a pirate (laughs) and i'm real for it it it's basically Chibiusa as pirate. And it's real good. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the few scenes that I've gotten so far with her um, have been fantastic. It's, especially, it's interesting as well, because obviously she was a character added into like the PS3 version, but mm-hmm. if you're looking at it pretty much like objectively as like, oh, I only played this the first time, like, she doesn't seem like she was just a character that just got thrown into stuff. Like She kind of seems like she was there from the beginning. Yeah, it doesn't feel like tacked on. Which is is surprising, but also very well done. Um. So yeah, I think that's most of the stuff that it's taken care of from like the new the new release. So. Mhm. Also, it's on the Switch, so that means it can go portable, and that's nice. It's true. It's it's everywhere now. Oh, I know, but it's. I like I like portability. It's fun. <laughs> Put that on the it, back of the it, box. Portability. It's fun. It means that I can lay in bed and also play, and that is key for me. <laughs> portability. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we should. Can I be in bed and play this game? Yes. All right. Thumbs up. Anyway. I guess we should talk about the the story. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So there's this guy. His name is Yuri Lowell. It's true. And he's he's a swell dude who can make a sandwich. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he uh, lives in the lower quarter of the... It's like the capital city, right? Correct. So it, it's basically like the lower class area mm. i was trying to think of like the nicest way to say that uh and he's kind of like the helper of everybody everybody knows him and likes him and he helps them out and he has a freaking dog who smokes and it's cool as heck heck yeah the good doggo like repeat is so cool um also, like, the fact that Yuri just runs around with his shirt open is hilarious to me. Like, boy, get a button. It just carries a sword Jesus. everywhere. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't attempt just... to, like, put it on him. He just carries it. No, he just carries it. He has, like, strings holding it on. I'm like, what are you doing? And then every time he gets into a battle, he just throws, like, the sheath. He just like, throws the sheath. Get out of here. <laughs> That's my favorite thing is he just, whoop. Don't need that. Uh, it's amazing. Um, so basically, like we start the game and we find out that the the Blastia for the lower quarter, which is essentially like I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it, like power things in their world, an ancient civilization's um, technology with a right away a, a wide array of capabilities such as providing <laughs> water powering ships or creating barriers around major cities and towns to protect them from monsters all right uh it reminds me in a sense and like some of this uh i have some hot takes that i'm going to say later in the in the in the podcast but we we'll, won't we'll, we won't we'll say that yet. for the hot um, takes section yeah um it reminds me a lot of like materia from final fantasy 7 yeah and that, like, you can use it for personal abilities, or you can use it for big things, and like, it, it's it's kind of that same idea. And so the um, 
it, I think it's like the water reservoir is what's powered by the Blastia and it gets stolen. And so there's just like water flooding the lower quarter. Mm -hmm. And Yuri's like, oh, no, son, you can't steal from us. This is sucky. Sets him off on a quest of unending mm -hmm. proportions. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> There's way more than he bargained for. So yeah, after he he basically goes up to like the the upper class section of the of the city and and finds where the potential thief is and tries to get them, but then gets arrested afterwards. Uh, yep. Lands him in jail along with some shady dude who lets him out. And gives him some hints. And then he just runs around the castle for like a long time. Yeah, as you do. And then, as you're and breaking then finds out of jail. this girl. And she's Who's like, dressed very fancy. And she's like, I'm looking for Flynn. And he's like, I, I know him. Why are you looking for him? <laughs> We're bros. Yeah. I'll help you find him. So they escape. Also, she's being chased by people. And he's like, that's weird. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. All right, cool. It's so funny. <laughs> he's just like, okay, sure, whatevs. So uh, they get out of the uh, castle eventually uh, by going through the sewers and fighting some rats. And then they have to they have to leave the capital. Mm -hmm. Set off on adventure. To follow Flynn. To follow Flynn. Uh, that leads them to finding a young boy by the name of Carol. Who, with a K. With a K. He's like a Mortal Kombat character. He has uh, a big, big bag. He does. Also wields big hammers. Big hammers. Uh, he, he got separated from his guild, the Hunting Blades, and is trying to find them again. So he joins along with the crew for a while. And then also they eventually run into a young researcher by the name of Rita because that's who they think stole the, the Blastia. The Blastia. Uh, but then it turns out, no, that wasn't the case. So Rita joins the, the party. And then, yeah, basically we go around for the first act just collecting people. Looking for Flynn. Looking for Flynn. And the Blastia. And the Blastia. Um, which Yuri knows that, like, Estelle is super upper class. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually knows more than he lets on. But uh, basically the whole time he's like, yeah, I used to be a knight with Flynn, but I didn't like that life, so I quit. <laughs> and, like, he keeps bringing that up over and over and over. Uh, so that's how we, we know Flynn and where he gives Estelle her nickname, which confuses her at first. And uh, one thing that I want to say while we're talking about, like, early parts of it is that the thing that this game does that's really unique and interesting is that it does the skits. Yeah. Because uh, you don't really see that in many JRPGs. Like you have a you have like optional cutscenes, basically. It's kind of just like a tales that, thing. Yeah, that they've I made mean, their own. It, yeah, uh, and so it's great. You have the little skits, and uh, I mean, I've, I've only played like three tales games, but <laughs> to beat two. That's right, two. Uh, and, and one of them was on Super Nintendo, so does it really count? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like it because you get a lot of uh, neat like character interactions, like characterizations that you wouldn't really get otherwise. 
uh, and it, it's it's neat that it's not like in an actual cutscene every time. And there there's some that are missable. Like if you if you go to a certain point after, before like watching one of them, you're not gonna get the one that you miss. But it's it's more just like them talking and getting to know each other than it is like super important story beats right i uh i didn't get the first one because i saw it on the, the screen and i forgot how to activate them so i was just going oh, around no. and just completely missed it and i was like oh right i gotta do this <laughs> big whoops yikes so those are really really fun and i think that it's uh, a, a nice unique way of giving like character interactions that you wouldn't otherwise get in this and it, it it makes you care about the characters more. Mm -hmm. Like if you if you go through the game without those, like the game's fine, and I would still definitely like it. But I like it more, like knowing how they interact. Yeah. Anyway, first half collecting people, collecting people, part. learning about all the politics of the world. Well, there are some politics. There are some politics. Uh, you also pick up Raven, who's just a weird dude. He's the weird dude you find you meet in the prison. At the beginning mm -hmm. of the game, and then you he all keeps giving you hints of yeah. stuff of like, hey, maybe you should try and do this. And then you also meet Judith. She's a Christian. Mm -hmm. She's also going around destroying all the Blastia. Yep. Because why not? Well, she has a reason. She has reasons. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's all happening. Uh, along the way, you you meet some, you go to some towns, and there's like people who are very evil and running the town to the ground and you're like that's not or cool. like sacrificing children it's just to their their monsters in their basements it's very casual yeah that's not that's not cool so you gotta put a stop to that and by put a stop to that i mean just straight up murder them yep uh that's a thing that happens in this game that you also don't usually get from jrpgs is that the protagonist just straight up murders people mm-hmm and, like, doesn't have any kind of remorse on it. Doesn't care. He's like, yeah, that's fine. They deserved it. And, like, there's definitely some moral ambiguity about it. Like, is it okay to murder somebody? But also, like, they've been doing some real shady stuff. So, like, he put an end to it. And uh, you have characters that are like, what do we do about you murdering people? Hmm. Hmm. Shrug shoulders. Big shrugs. It's fine. Yeah, I just murdered some guys. Uh, so, yeah. Bunch of stuff happens. You learn all about the politics of both, like, the, the Empire and the guilds. How they kind of coexist, but don't actually coexist at the same time with each other. Um... How different characters and are are implemented into both of them, and eventually you find Flynn. Yeah. You're like, hey, it's my friend. And he's like, you're right. That's what you're doing. You're oh god, we gotta take you back to the Empire. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh, my god. oh by the way, she's a princess. Yeah. And Yuri's like, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> Everyone else is like, what? <laughs> He's like, you didn't figure that out. I figured that out. I'm smart. I, I got a dog. 
<laughs> I can make a sandwich. By the way, there's a cooking uh, thing in this game, which is why I keep bringing out the fact that he can make a sandwich. There's there's a whole menu about cooking. And there's a dude you can find that gives you recipes who's dressed up, usually dressed up in like as weird inanimate objects. Yes, correct. But the first thing that you can make is a sandwich. Which, like, I'm proud of Yuri that he can make a sandwich. Good on you, buddy. <laughs> Um, one of the people in my, uh, not my, but in the Discord server that I'm in was basically saying, like, Yuri Lowell is a babysitter who can make a sandwich and, like, keeps adopting children. It's true. And, I mean, like, they're not wrong. He adopts children but and it's... old man. Yeah, and murders people. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. As a sweet man bun if you put him in an outfit. It's true. Mm-hmm. He murdered those people otherwise with that sweet just, man bun. Otherwise, he just has the dim <laughs> out. He's showing off that cleavage. Uh, reference back to uh, <laughs> Trails of Cold Steel. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they were actually just talking about your. Yeah, they were. They were. They were talking about their Tales of Asperia fan fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you do. Of course. I mean, who doesn't? everybody does sun's out boobs out yep that's 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 Yuri's life um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where do we go from here I don't know have we finished have we wrapped up where you've gotten to in the game um I am to the point let me start again to the point where you're dealing with the um, the guild boss. Okay. And we know that Carol has proposed uh, making a guild with Yuri, and he is considering it. So eventually they make a guild. They do make a guild. They call it Brave Vesperia. Wow, I'm shocked. It's true. Also, at some point, Patty comes up, joins your party. She meets you the first time and she gives you a, a replicated doll of her. Which is really good. Uh, and she she joins up because she apparently has no memories and she's looking for treasure and information about her grandpa who's this famous pirate named Eifried. Ah. Also, she can steer a boat, so that's why they keep her around. Ah, yeah. Okay, that's a good skill to have. It's true. Especially when you're adventuring. It's true. Uh, eventually some stuff happens. Things between the Union and the Empire kind of start to go bad because of people who are trying to manipulate things. Uh, Estelle finds out she has some power called the Child of the Full Moon. Mm -hmm. Which everyone kind of realizes because she doesn't need to use Blastia to use magic. Yes, and that's like a thing in the first part of it. I was like, hmm. Because you can just heal people like willy-nilly. And she tries to like pretend that um that she's using a Blastia for a while. And then they're like, yeah, you, you don't have to do that. We know that you're, you're faking it, man. So she learns about this and is also told that she's a poison to the earth. Man, that's a bummer. It's a real big bummer. 
Uh, because apparently, like, the the way she does things, like, uh, it uses a, a lot of air, which is a title, mm-hmm. or they spell A-E-R in the world. And if she keeps doing that, there's a chance that she will bring back this catastrophic calamity disaster called the Autophagos, which would destroy the planet. Dun, dun, dun. So she gets told that and is like in a, a, a spiral of like, oh God, what do I do? Um, and it gets real sad. Uh, but eventually she's like, all right, well, I need to meet the the thing that told me this, which is this uh, being by the name of Pharaoh who is called an Entelechaea. And the Entelechaea are like the beings who kind of first made the world, essentially. They're like an ancient race, mm-hmm. an ancient civilization. And they look like giant bird dragon things. I don't know. Stuff like that. Uh, Judith, at one point, is hanging around with one of the Entelechaea. She has like this dude, or not dude, but like she has a friend named Baul. She rides on him. And that's how she was going around destroying Blastia. Because at first you see her, and she's, like, all masked up and covered up, so you don't know it's her. And she's just, like, going around destroying Blastia, and Rita, like, hates her. Hates, yeah. hates like, all oh, this dragon freak writer. I hate her. I want to kill her. And then Judy, when she, she joins up with you, like, Yuri's like, hey, kind of maybe don't tell anyone about what you're doing, because that might be bad. Yeah. Uh, of course, eventually, like, the secret comes out, and Rita's like, you, you jerk! <laughs> and that happens. Um, uh, in between here, Yuri's going to murder another dude. Because there's a, a captain in the Knights of the Empire who's abusing his power. His name is Kimore. And he's basically just like doing whatever he wants all willy-nilly, abusing his power and all that, making people suffer by going out into like the desert and like forcing them to go out there. So basically Yuri's like, well, I'm just going to wait till nightfall, wait till this dude's alone. And then just straight up, just let him fall off a, a thing and drown in sand. Yay. And then like Flynn's also there. He's like, Hey buddy, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you killing people? That ain't good. Yeah. Maybe don't do that. So we get into this like huge philosophical ideological debate between Flynn and Yuri about like, oh, we, you know, we, we, we joined the Knights to change things. So we knew things were bad and we're going to do it eventually. And then Yuri's like, yeah, you, you, we did say that. Also, you're in the Knights and nothing has changed. So I'm going to do things my way. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Because this is the only way I know how to do things. Mm-hmm. So that happens. Uh, a bunch more stuff happens. Yep. Go through the sands. You finally meet Pharaoh, and he's just like, hey, you humans are messing things up. Stop that. And they, <laughs> they convince him to be like, hey, maybe don't try and kill Estelle. And he's like, okay, well, you guys have to try and figure out a way to stop this from all happening. If not, then she gets hit. Uh, at one point, you go to a ghost town, which is like in the past. And you meet this shady dude named Duke, who you've met before, but like he's there, and you're just like, "How are you guys here? You shouldn't be here." <laughs> what? He's very anti-social and just like very mysterious. But we'll come back to him later at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you go on a ghost ship at one point too. 
Nice. Which is very strange. Mm -hmm. um, I've always wanted to go on a rail ghost ship. Really? Yeah. <laughs> all right. It so cool in Wind Waker. <laughs> so all that happens. Um, and then like some other stuff happens that is, yeah, stuff happens. Uh, <laughs> eventually, you're just hanging out in a, in a town and... Estelle's still kind of not doing great because she's had all this stuff thrown at her and she doesn't know what to do with it. Um, she just goes missing. Mm -hmm. Along with Raven. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, this, Wow, I wonder what could have happened. This is strange. Why are they not here? Where did they go? Why did they go? They're boning. No, that's not it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That is actually not at all what happened. Nope. Um, but well, the thing that does happen is that she's been kidnapped. Woo. So we learned that Raven is actually a part of the Knights, and is 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 basically a dude that has been referenced throughout the game but never seen, and now yep. he's here. Also, like the big knight in charge, Alexei, is like the guy who's been pulling the strings and doing bad stuff this entire time. Yep. And uh, he's going to use Estelle's power to basically try and gain control of the, the Empire and also the world. Because that's what you do. As you do when you are a JRPG villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to fight Raven at one point, and they reveal that, like, he doesn't have a heart. He has a Blastia in his heart. Because of things that happened during the big war that happened like 10 years ago between mm -hmm. humans and the Intelikala. Like Intelikala. The Great War or something. They do. Yep. As you do. <laughs> so like he, he fights them and then like the, the room they're in is going to fall. And so he tries to sacrifice himself to save everyone. And then eventually comes back though. Because yeah. you can't kill off an old man. It's true. He's not that old, is he? I don't think so, but he always calls himself old man. <laughs> I wonder how old he is. I want to try and Google it. Like, keep talking. So basically, he, he he's like, oh, my the Schwann dude's dead. Now I'm just raving for, for goods. For goods. Uh, at some for, point, for goods. Duke gives you his sword, uh, which is called Dane Nomos, which is also like this treasure that if you find it, you become like the emperor. <laughs> oh my god, he's 35. Clearly an old man. Ugh. Uh, but also it has like powers that can like manipulate how the air works and everything so like it has some good powers in that sense and then you use it to go take on Alexei as he brought up this old uh, shrine and also a weapon and is going to try and use it to, to super gain power mm -hmm. uh, and then you fight him and you beat him and you're like, yay, we did it. Except uh, the Autofago shows up and is like, hello. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. And then all the while, Yuri gets shanked. And falls off the giant shrine weapon into the ocean. Everyone thinks he's dead. Duke saves him. He's like, yeah, I, I saved you, but I also I just kind of wanted the sword. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Anyways, later. <laughs> yeah. But uh, everyone, he reunites with everyone. Everyone's like, why didn't you tell us you were back? And he's like, I, guys, I just woke up like five minutes ago. I couldn't really <laughs> tell you. Calm down. Until just now. 
Uh, so essentially, basically, Rita is trying to come up with a way to to basically solve their problem of all the air being kind of in an imbalance and everything. And she comes up with an idea to basically turn all these, um, uh, they call them like when an entoclea dies, it becomes like an apatheia and an apatheia is basically what they, they make blasty out of. So she's trying to use all these apatheia to create a, a formula that negates, uh, the powers of, Estelle so where she can like live normally and inadvertently they they basically make an evolution for the Intelikea called spirits so they get like new powers and that's how they're going to try and stop the the bad stuff from happening also like this new air is going to be called mana it's like okay (laughs) okay (laughs) and then some of the spirits just become like Final Fantasy characters (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is where I'm going to get hot takey. Um, if you will let me. No, not allowed. Rude. So as I've mentioned with the whole Blastia thing, remind me of Materia. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this game reminds me of Final Fantasy VII in the sense that you kind of have this like weird biological like earth destroying thing going on it's kind of like an you have like the super powered girl who's connected to it somehow white haired antagonist um, yeah like it's <laughs> there, there's some similarities um I, I still I like this area better though yeah I can see that yeah um, so that's my hot take. I mean, that... they spell Efreet, E-F-R-E-T, though, and that's, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, I don't know, it's just, like, an interesting take on it. Um, and I guess I like the world better. Um, like, the, the weird, like, I like colors, Really, that's all it is. Colors are nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, Final Fantasy VII's fine, but it's it's very, like, gritty and, yeah. And, like, I like the game, and I've said that I like the game many times. We've talked about it before, but, like, this one has very similar story beats. Um, but it's, like, colorful and has a lot of really good characterization. And that's, like, a lot of what Final Fantasy VII does lack is that you don't get as much characterization mm-hmm. in those characters that are apparently super-duper iconic. Right. Uh, so, anyway, that's my hot take. I'm done. But, hey, they don't kill Estelle. They don't. <laughs> they get her back, and she's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> she doesn't get stabbed. Uh, so, basically, after this, we learned that, like, Duke is now trying to find his own way to defeat the Yadafagos, and he's like, what if I sacrifice all of humanity? Yeah. Because he doesn't like humans. They let his Inalakea friend die. And he's like, I don't like humans anymore. They're poop. Alright, Sephiroth. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have as good a good theme like, like Sephiroth. Or throw Materia at anyone. Or throw Materia with the bop. Yeah, bop. he doesn't do that. So... 
Man, watching that on super speed was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so that's true. He doesn't have those things, but still, it's kind of the whole like, I'm going to destroy mankind because they did something bad to some other being that I don't really know about mm -hmm. that much. So. Uh, so eventually, like they, the bravest spirit has to come up with a plan, and they, they're like, "What if we just take all the blasty and make them all in the spirits, and use that to fight the the autophagos?" And they're like, "Okay, we gotta do that, but also we have to convince everyone to give up their blastia. Yeah, which is gonna be a bit tough. So they have to, they basically get the empire and the union all together at this little like makeshift town that they build on one of like the continents, and that's kind of how they set their plan in motion. Uh, before we get to that, though, let's talk about Patty. Pirate Chibi. All right, Patty. Uh, like I talked about earlier, she she has no memories. She has amnesia. Mm -hmm. She's trying to find mm -hmm. her grandpa. Uh, the pirate man. The pirate man. Uh, all throughout, we basically kind of start learning more about what happened. We learned that, like, oh, uh, this this dude I freed was apparently not well-liked by people. Uh, apparently was a part of, like, this big massacre that happened. Ooh, that's balls. And uh, also, there's not a lot of references about him. So she's also trying to find some treasure to to help push her to finding information about this. And she finds one at like one of the latter like latter half dungeons, and she's like, "All right, well, I have this now. Maybe that'll happen." Something will happen from this. Uh, basically, near the end of the game, you go, you start going back to like all the towns and everything. And one night, she just kind of dips out of the hotel you're staying in, and everyone's like, "That's strange. Why did she leave at the middle of the night? Why? Where is she going?" So you kind of follow her to. Yeah, let small children yeah. wander by themselves. Uh, she, she goes to this dock and like holds up the thing that she found, and like crazy stuff happens, and it brings the ghost ship to where they are. And on the ghost ship, you fought, like, this giant skeleton, like, monster. And that's how you mm -hmm. got one of the, the first, like, Apatheia. Uh, here, the skeleton monster comes back, and you have to fight it. But Patty refers to it as Cypher, who is apparently Ifrid's, like, right-hand man. Ooh. And then she reveals, hey, I'm Ifrid. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! I was not expecting that. Me either. <laughs> wow. Everyone's like, "Excuse me, what? What? What?" So what do you do with that information? Uh, she's like, "Well, every, well, they actually bring it up at one point. They're like, you know, you could since you know everything, you could go and she gets her memories back, obviously, but like, uh, you could go around and tell people and like right the wrongs that have been told about your story." And she's like. I mean, I could, but, like, look, people already know the legends that they know. They're probably not going to be easily swayed. And, like, hey, if you guys know it, that's fine by me. Wow. Also, like, there's a cutscene at the end where, like, she's just, like, standing on, like, some, like, thing in, like, the, the makeshift town they make. And Flynn goes up to talk to her. And she's like hey i'm ifried and he's like he no sells that entire thing he's like oh yeah okay <laughs> i was like dude come on you gotta react a little bit more uh <laughs> it's just funny as well because all the time she's just like acting like she, her and yuri are gonna fall madly in love with each other <laughs> yeah yeah 
And also, she is like the sassiest character, and it is the best. Oh, I love sassy characters. <laughs> I also love that, like, one of the first times that you like get introduced to her, uh, Yuri like catches her mm-hmm. uh, and then just drops her immediately. <laughs> like, wow, Yuri. Good job, buddy. <laughs> On purpose, let me clarify. Yes. He purposefully drops her. It's not like a, ooh, I caught this child and I'm going to drop her now because I wasn't expecting it. Like, no, he catches her steady and then drops. <laughs> oh, man. What a twist. Yeah, it's it's really good. She, uh, she Like I said, she's really, really well-written and implemented into the game, so... I'm glad she gets her full arc kind of executed before the end of the game. But uh, basically, the end of the game is you gotta go fight Duke and convince him that his idea is wrong. Like, hey, maybe don't sacrifice all of humanity. That's not great. Yeah, it's not the best idea. And then you fight him, and then you fight him again because final bosses. And then you have to combine all the spirits' powers and all the Blastia to try and take down the Autophagos. And then it doesn't work, and then Duke's like, hey, I'll join you, buddy. And then you do it, and then you, like, make a giant energy sword and cut through the giant squid monster, and that's it. Don't even have to, You don't even fight the thing. You just cut through <laughs> it, and then that, that's it. That's the end of the game. <laughs> Again, like Final Fantasy VII, you don't actually have to really do anything to fight Sephiroth at the very end. <laughs> I mean, at least there's a battle there. Yeah-ish. I mean, like, it's scripted. Yeah, fair. Uh, unrelated, but just on a quick note, um, my wallpaper changes every five minutes, and my wallpaper just changed to, um, Mike Hagar pile driving a shark. Good. Yeah, so I thought you'd appreciate that. Anyway, continue. Yeah, that's, that's Tales of Asperia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a good game, and, um, one of the things that I guess was... I don't want to say it was different at the time, but uh, it touted as like a feature was the battle system. Mm -hmm. Because it has the battle system where like you can move around and you can like do all kinds of different moves. And so like it it was trying to be unique in a world of JRPGs. So that's cool. It's the the Tales thing. Yeah. It's a Tales game that plays like a Tales game. It it is, but I'm just saying, like, it was a big thing that they put on, like, even the box. So, like, this is how the battle system works. It's exciting. Which, I mean, I think that makes sense, though, because, you know, putting it out on 360 and the 360 being the popular console of the time, like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know that the crossover for JRPG audiences with 360 owners <laughs> was necessarily as high as it was, you know, for the PS3, so... Probably for a lot of people, this would have been their first Tales game, and you know it yep. makes sense to kind of market the the way the battle system is on the box to be like, hey, this isn't like a traditional turn based game. This ain't your mama's RPG. <laughs> this is an action RPG. Oh my we put god. the A in action. Oh my god! But- it's a it's a really fun game, though. It, it is. really is. Um, and I've been really enjoying playing the Definitive Edition, even if I have not beat it. Yeah, like, everything uh, about the Definitive Edition seems really good. Like, we both have the Switch version, so we can't necessarily 
uh talk about the the other versions but like it it runs really well um mm-hmm. it looks basically what you would remember it looking like so that's always good um so yeah it's like, fine um uh, undocked as well yeah so like it it does a fan or a really good job of just being a a well-made re-release Tales of Vesperia. yeah being <laughs> tales of Vesperia. And we get the new content. I'm excited about the whole Patty thing. That's a good twist. It's yeah, it's really good. Nice. So there you go. That's Tales of Vesperia. Um. They basically like don't they continue the guild like after after they kill a squid man. I, Am I remembering that properly? I guess like there really there really isn't much after once that happens. Like there's the credit sequence, okay. which has like these little images that pop throughout, but like really there isn't like any post credit scene. Well, there is one, but it's like Duke's just like I like animals. <laughs> <laughs> He's hanging out with some animals, and that's that's basically yeah. it. Yeah. All right, maybe I'm remembering it differently than what actually I, I think it's, like, kind of implied, but, like I said, there's nothing, like, just, like, outright says, like, hey, this happens. Yeah, there's no, like, epilogue. Right. Okay. Tells Vesperia is good. It's, it's good. good. It's good game. Good game. Definitely, uh, nah. if you haven't played it before, like, nah. the, the Definitive Edition is a great way to check it out. Yeah, totally. And, um... Now I gotta get you to finish Eternal Sleep. Never heard of that game. Fight me. <laughs> That'll happen eventually, but like, you know, things. Yeah. Things and stuff. Alright, well that's uh gonna wrap this episode up then. If you'd like more from us, go to SeasonalingWithCheckup.com or SCC.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like The Seasonal Language Checkup and Jared and I Watch. <laughs> Had to remember which podcast I say there. <laughs> uh, you can find columns and reviews on the side as well. Uh, if you want more from Anladium, go to Anladium.com. She has columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash AnimeCheckup. So we do Twitter. And you can support us on Patreon, Patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Uh, next time we will do stuff. I had an idea, but now I don't remember. So. Well, hopefully in the next week you will be able to remember. Yeah. We'll figure it out. But if not, yeah, we'll, we'll find something else. Like we usually do. Yeah. Cause we're good like that. Yeah, totally. We're the best. It's true. Uh, I'm not being sarcastic, honestly. It sounded sarcastic, but I wasn't being sarcastic. We're legitimately the best. Yes, right. I adore us. Put it on the back of our box. We're the best. (laughs) We're the best. All right. uh, Go play Tales of Vesperia. Yeah.